So, and therefore I think it's really important to do something more than provide, you know, a high salary to build loyalty, because that doesn't work. There's always someone else who can pay more. So money is not the, the way forward here. Uh, but I think that opportunities to develop your own skill and to have a uh, career over time and to be able to envision a future with the, with the company that you're at, that will build strong loyalty. Welcome to Speed of Life and this special episode. Here we will focus on our needs in order for us to be successful in our pursuit in showcasing that we have a world-class ecosystem for life sciences. Hello to all the listeners of the special edition episode in which you will get to learn more about us working at Stunz Life Science and about some of our focus areas right now as we mentioned in the intro. Uh, in this episode we will meet my dear colleague Eric Allard uh, mainly, that mainly focuses on the emerging area of skill supply. Welcome Eric. Thank you. Uh, before we dig in, the, f- the field of uh, work that you are most uh, interested and spe- specialized in, please tell me more about yourselves and your background. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Erik Allard. Uh, I moved to Uppsala in 1997 to study to apothecary. And uh, since I really liked the university here, I decided to stay for a while longer. So I also have a PhD in analytical chemistry. Uh, I worked for a short while at AstraZeneca in Södertälje, uh, and then I moved around between different jobs for a while, uh, and I started to become interested in leadership and and social interaction and collaboration and cooperation and stuff like that. Um, so I started my own company uh, where I uh, teach people basically uh, social core skills in order to improve their leadership skills and and, uh, cooperation skills. Uh, But also, since August, I'm employed here at Stunz, half-time, focusing on uh, skill supply challenges within the life sciences. Mm -hmm. So I think it... uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really satisfied with my role here. I really like it because it combines very much uh, my two main focuses that I've, I've been focusing on uh, throughout mm. my career. Absolutely. So, yeah. mm-hmm. And the skill supply, uh, what is it that you mean when you say that? Okay, so currently we have a situation in Uppsala, which is actually a blessing in many ways. Uh, the life science industry is uh, thriving uh, economically for several reasons. Uh, the pandemic uh, to many companies actually uh, presented a lot of opportunities to develop new product, to sell existing product and stuff like that. Also, at the same time, uh, a lot of comp- companies moved from you know, a phase of developing and, and uh, uh, proving uh, concepts of their products and, and uh, uh, different uh, services. Um, which meant that they're moving into production and increasing uh, their, their staff uh, tremendously right now. So those two factors together put a huge demand on the skill supply. 
And currently, we actually have uh, tremendous challenges to find people to, to fill these uh, opportunities and to, to grasp these opportunities. So sometimes when I talk to people, they describe this as a, as a current crisis or a, or a you know a threat to the life science scene today that it's so hard to find people. Mm -hmm. I don't view it that way. I view it as rather you know an obstacle in the way of grasping the opportunities mm -hmm. that we have at our feet. Mm -hmm. So while we still need to you know focus on this challenge, but it's not. Uh, the way I see it, a, a threat of any kind. It's rather, you know, taking care of the opportunity. That is what's ahead of us. And why is it something that we at Stills engage in? Well, so our role is to uh, help different parts of the system to work together. It's very much what we do. Mm -hmm. And it's this is a, a, a an area where we definitely have a role to play because uh, on the one hand we have the private sector uh, with these needs to, to find people to s with skills and knowledge. On the other hand we have the two universities in Uppsala who to a large extent can be the solution to this mm. challenge and to, to uh, provide these skills and knowledges that the private sector needs. Mm. But in order to do that we need to have uh, some clever analysis uh, at the bottom of it. We need to uh, have a climate where different actors can uh, find solutions together to the challenges we have. And students can be a provider of those arenas to have those dialogues. Uh, we can be a, a take initiative to different workshops and, and make analysis and assessments of the situation and help uh, the different parts of the system to interact and, and mm. have this dialogue. And this, does this mean that the university must uh, uh, increase the number of students or? Maybe. Mm. I mean, that is one possible way to do it. Uh, but it's not as easy as that. It's not just, you know, to increase the, the number of students at the university. It needs to be the right students. Mm. So uh, it's important to know which kind of uh, skills and knowledges do we need in the system. Mm. So that's part of it. But also, I think it's really important that the, um, that the private sector and the companies realize what a tremendous force the students might be mm. uh, in solving this uh, problem. Uh, because I experienced there's a lot of, uh, I don't know how to, how to phrase it exactly, but it seems that it's really important to the companies to look for people with previous experience from the industry. And I'm not sure that that is the way to go forward. Of mm. course, for some positions, we do need that. Mm. But also, the experience must come from somewhere. And we need to take a collective responsibility for providing that experience. Mm. So I think one of the main strategies that I have identified uh, as important for, you know, uh, supporting a, a sustainable skill supply chain 
one of those main strategies is to work closely university and, and the private sector together. For example, what can companies do to increase the number of summer jobs for students mm. or uh, working you know, hours while they are still studying? Mm. Uh, I see that as a great opportunity for the companies to, uh, you know, uh, provide themselves with the experience within the system to, 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 and also to identify talents mm. and basically talent scouting. Mm. And also maybe show the students that there is a place for them here in Uppsala. Yes, right. definitely, because a lot of the students don't even know which companies yeah. uh, are present here yeah. and which opportunity, job opportunities they might have when they're done with their yeah. studies. And they, uh, they move to different parts of Sweden. Mm. You have started to talking about this, but uh, what is it that you do? What uh, assessments have you done so far? Yeah. So so far, I've been, I mean, I'm, I've, I've been at this for a little. At the current time when we're speaking, I've been thinking about this problem for about six months, mm. and uh, also I've tested my ideas uh, that I've thought of so far, and I've listened as much as possible. So mm. I try to communicate a lot with uh, people in the business, of course, because I think that my main job is to listen and to you know, uh, catch the, the ideas and solutions that are already out there mm -hmm. and to help, you know, uh, convey those to others, the other actors in the system. So far, I've identified four main strategies that seem to resonate well with what people think when I, you know, ask them about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've talked about one of them already to mo move closer to the students and mm -hmm. to involve students earlier uh, perhaps um, provide them with job opportunities mm -hmm. uh, already while they're still studying. And do you see how far have you come? Do you see that this is, uh, how, how does companies see, look at this? Is it a possibility or do they think it's too much work or like? Yeah, and it's very, very uh, different between the companies. So some companies are really good at this already. Some companies simply don't have the uh, opportunity or, or um, they're not in the position to, to do this at all. Of course, I mean, there are a lot of startups. Perhaps uh, it's not suitable to, to use uh, students for summer jobs or, or stuff like that mm -hmm. in a startup. Or it might be vice versa. Uh, also, I've heard from a lot of companies that they have great ambition and they would like to do this more. Mm -hmm. but. Uh, that they, for some reason, have not so far. And they look a bit guilty when they admit <laughs> this sometimes. So, yeah. So, so I, I, I think we will, regarding this strategy, I think that we will see more of this. And mm -hmm. a lot of uh, companies have realized that this is necessary to, to main, in order to maintain a sustainable system over time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So the other three uh, main strategies I have identified so far it is, uh, of course, number one, geographical inflow. Mm. Um, we're not self-sufficient within skill supply in Uppsala, in the Uppsala region. We need people to move here, not only from different parts of Sweden, but also from Europe and, and the rest of the world, especially for some really you know, specialized roles. Mm. We might not even have the skills and competences within Sweden. 
And this might be a tricky one over time because I think that there are some skills that there will be not only a competition in Uppsala or in Sweden for those skills, but a, a global competition. And so what kind of skills or roles do you talk yeah, about? Well, you know, it's, it's always a bit uh, dangerous to give yeah. too much predictions yeah. about yeah. the future, but I think it's safe to say that anything that has to do with automation and digitalization will be in high demand in mm -hmm. the future, mm -hmm. not only within the life sciences, but in all industries globally. Mm. So that, and there's a lot of talk about that in the community. And I think there is, you know, already a competition for those skills. And the prediction is that it will be even tougher to find those people in the future. Mm -hmm. So yeah, geographical inflow will be important to solve the current situation. Um, also, I think that the uh, industry must realize that we cannot, we cannot uh, you know, demand previous uh, experience from, uh, from uh, life science when we recruit people. Uh, and I've talked about this already, but it, it, I think it's, uh, it's worth mentioning again, mm. uh, because I think we need to look at other industries. Uh, the car industry or the aviation industry, for example, or the food industry. What skills and knowledges can we find within those areas to, you know, invite to the life science community? Um, and I think this is an important strategy, not only to, you know, uh, increase the number of people in the system, but also to I, it might be a strategy to identify new solutions to mm. old problems. You know, very often when you uh, hire people that have done something completely different previously, they have very different ideas mm. on how to approach and solve problems. And I think this will, uh, you know, provide perhaps even additional opportunities to, to develop new products mm. and and yeah, yeah. So, so I think that is important as well. And of course, there will be challenges with the onboarding. There are uh, certain challenges within life science that are not present in, in other uh, industries. But that's not a matter of uh, experience, I think. I think it's a matter of leadership. So the way to move forward, to be able to um, introduce people from with different previous experiences, I think is to make sure that you have really, really good leaders mm -hmm. in your uh, in your company. Mm -hmm. Then this will be uh, possible to do. Mm -hmm. And the fourth and final um, strategy that I have identified that also seems to resonate well with the community is the internal skills uh, development. So we don't need to recruit people from the outside always when we need a new skill in the company. We might be able to, you know, develop it ourselves. And I think this is also a really important strategy to build loyalty mm -hmm. uh, with your employees. Uh, because what we see right now is a huge competition uh, for, for people to come to work for your company. Mm -hmm. 
And it's like a carousel that spins faster and faster. People are recruiting from each other. Uh, and sometimes we talk about cannibalizing the system. And to some extent, this is healthy, you know, a certain dynamic within the system. Again, this idea that when people uh, move to a new position or, or move to a new company, they bring uh, new ideas, and yeah. that's healthy. But at this rate, I don't think it will be. So we need to do something to protect our own business, you know, from other businesses stealing our, our uh, core skills and mm. our core, you know, our, our most important people. So, and therefore, I think it's really important to do something more than provide, you know, a high salary to build loyalty because that doesn't work. There's always someone else who can pay more. Mm. So mm. money is not the, <laughs> the way forward here. Uh, but I think that opportunities to develop your own skill and to have a uh, career over time mm. and to be able to envision a future with the, co with the company that you're at, that will build strong loyalty. Mm. Uh, and I think that, you know, a well-developed uh, skill development program, for instance, within your company is a great way to to uh, uh, build this mutual trust that we need to have. And I can see that maybe larger companies have uh, more muscles, more money to do so. And with the smaller ones, the startups, how, what can they do to attract the uh, right skills? Yeah. Or, or keep. Or keep, or keep. yeah. Not, not just... Uh. Yeah, well, again, I think that the vision for the future, it's much easier in some ways to you know uh, communicate in a small company it's much mm. more obvious that you actually make a difference when you're at a small company and that's a strength that i mm. think many small companies utilize as well so what is really important then of course is that you have a great cooperation and a, and a great culture within your company that it is you know sometimes people talk about it at my job it's like we're a family we mm. look after each other and that's I think more easy also to achieve in a small company mm. because you will know everyone's name yeah. and you know uh, and again it's important to know how do I contribute to this uh, future vision that we're striving for uh, a larger company, on the other hand, uh, very often have more resources, mm -hmm. and especially, you know, when it comes to providing uh, skill development programs and stuff like that, but also other benefits, of course. Uh, what I would like to see more of within the startup community is collaboration between the companies regarding this. So, for instance, are there some common challenges that you might collaborate to to um, sort of solve or, or approach. Uh, would it be possible, for instance, to uh, share uh, skills? Mm -hmm. The same person might work for two or three companies mm -hmm. uh, in some way. And we're looking into that right now. And I'm trying to, to have a conversation with companies about that. So it's... I mean, this is one of you know those crazy ideas that mm -hmm. I need to test and try out, uh, and listen in what people have to say about it. Uh, 
And yeah, so far some people seem to like the idea mm -hmm. and, and are intrigued by it and would like to investigate it further. And some people are, are very uh, clear that no, this is not for us. Okay. And that's fine. We don't need to find the same solution for everyone. Of course. But what, what would be the difference between that way of working and uh, hiring a consultant, for example, that might be working in two or three companies? Yeah. So, for example, one thing, and that's something we already talked about, is the loyalty part. Mm. So when you're hired as a con consultant, you provide a uh, not so much yourself, but rather your knowledge and your skills mm. and you're selling it. It's like a product that you're selling mm. sometimes, mm. Uh, not always, of course. Uh, but doing it like this and, and, uh, and collaborating like the way I described, mm. uh, I think will build a stronger loyalty over time. So that's one benefit. Another benefit might be, again, this cross-learning experience mm. that all of a sudden, if you have a person doing roughly the same task, let's say for three different companies, uh, and they are communicating and collaborating regarding this, then you have an open, open channel for the yeah. exchange of ideas. Yeah which I think will uh, very often be mm -hmm. beneficial. Yeah, it's great to hear. I often talk to the uh, smaller companies here in the city and uh, they often say that uh, they have really close to each other. They, uh, they work very openly and ask each other for, for, for um, advice uh, and share. So I think... Uh, sharing uh, competence and employees in that way uh, might be a, a good solution yeah. for some, some in some roles, some areas. Yeah, mm -hmm. but also, I mean, again, uh, one, one idea doesn't have to exclude the other idea. So when you ask, uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be either, you know, this way of, of mm. approaching the problem or working with a consultant. Mm. Perhaps it's even the consultant agency that is sort of the hub in this collaboration yeah. mm -hmm. that provide a consultant yeah. that work for three different companies mm -hmm. and they have a close collaboration uh, in that way. So, yeah, there are many w different ideas on how to mm -hmm. do that, I think. One role I'm thinking of right now is the work of a sustainability uh, yeah, head of sustainability, what are, what are they called? Yeah, sustainability officer, officer or head of sustainability, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yes, for definitely. example, because uh, it's an area that smaller companies uh, don't have, don't can can afford to can't afford to hire, but uh, absolutely something that they need and uh, finding a way to collaborate around these things. Uh, I yeah, think and from what I hear, they are also often very interested in this. Yeah. Uh, and I often hear that, well, I wish we had the resources yeah. to yeah. work more focused mm. on this. Yeah, yeah, because there are a lot of common issues that are not uh, so secret, like that can be handled openly between the companies. Yes, yeah. yes. Different, I mean, different solutions for uh, how to, you know, manage your energy yeah. uh, consumption mm. or... Yeah, whatever. Mm. And also, w I mean, you shouldn't talk about m with me about <laughs> sustainability <laughs> uh, in that sense, because we have a, a different expert on yes. that, uh, which I know will have a, another uh, episode. Uh, 
but it's nevertheless worth mentioning that sustainability is much more than just uh, talking about the environment and, and you know, stuff like yeah. that. It's also economic sustainability and uh, social sustainability. Yeah. And I mention this because I think it clearly ties into this skill supply issue that Most if definitely. we have a sustainable mm -hmm. skill supply system, then we will also have problems. Well, rather, if we don't have <laughs> <laughs> if we don't have a sustainable skill supply system, then we will have trouble with our social uh, sustainability. Uh, we will probably have social unrest at, mm -hmm. at our uh, job and not feel that well when people mm -hmm. come and go mm -hmm. every week. Uh, also, I think in the long run, or even the short run, maybe, uh, for economic sustainability, we need to people people to to stay at their job mm. and to f f you know make the most of the knowledge and the yeah. skill that they have. Mm. Yes, most certainly, definitely. Um, what is your main goal with uh, with this, the work you are doing? What would you like to achieve? Uh, or when when will you say that you have done what you <laughs> when I'm done? <laughs> what you yeah. can? Yeah, yeah, I have one of those jobs that where. You know the far the <laughs> far away goal at the horizon is to, you know, be obsolete and mm -hmm. you no longer have the need for me. So, uh, but jokes aside, yeah, uh, I think that what I would like to see in the community is a much more sustainable skill supply system, where it's uh, we need to have long term solutions. We need to. Um, be prepared, you know, to uh, for for stuff that happen around us in the world. Mm. There will be another pandemic. There will be other disruptive things happening around us that will uh, have an impact on the skill supply system mm. and will have um, an impact on the demands for different skills. Mm. And I think that that is the you know, most intriguing part is that we even don't even know what skills we no. will need in the future. But what we do know, know is that we will need different skills in the future than we need now. And what I would really like to focus on is to build a system, to help build a system, to contribute to that, that where we have a solid strategy that so everyone knows when we identify a new skill that is needed or mm -hmm. is in high demand, we know exactly what to do uh, in order to obtain that. So yeah, that's my my sort of long-term yeah. goal. Yeah, seems like a good one. <laughs> Maybe hard to see when you're done. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, I really look forward to following this development and hope that the companies take advantage of the this, uh, as you call it, blessing uh, opportunity to show their forefoot uh, that will give the whole ecosystem even more advantages and contribute to sustainable development in the in our area. Uh, and as a wrap uh, wrap up, could you tell us what uh, you would like uh, want the listeners to take with them or to do after hearing this podcast? if they want to engage in some way. Mm, yeah, email me is <laughs> <laughs> the quick answer. No, um, seriously, I think that 
I mean, I I am happy to uh, communicate my ideas and and the stuff I see can be done. It doesn't suit everyone, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the whole point, you know, with having more than one strategy possible to to uh, attack this problem or challenge. Um, but I would like everyone to have a, you know, think hard about. You know, this idea that we need previous experience mm. to work in the life science. Because if I would were to single out one thing that I would like to change in the system, uh, it is that idea. Whenever I read a an ad for an open position, it's always described, mm. always, that you need previous experience. And I don't think that is true. And I think that the community might scare away people that might otherwise apply for the job, you know, just Mm. by including that line in the ad. So ask yourselves, why do I really need uh, previous experience for this job? Is it really that I need some specific knowledge? And is it so much knowledge that I can obtain it during the first weeks at my new job? Mm. Or is it just an idea that is still there that has to do with you know the way i uh, the way i work rather than what i need to know because if it has to do with behaviors and attitudes then it's not a skill problem it's a leadership problem yeah Yeah. thank you and maybe also for the companies to take take their responsibility and actually take in students like you mentioned before over the summer or during some project time or something yes, like that. Yes, I think that is also, if, if you're able to do that, it's, I think, a great way to, again, identify talents that mm. you would like to hire in mm. the future. Uh, it's a great way to make your company, you know, seen and known for, for because again, a lot of students don't know what companies mm. are in Uppsala, but they talk a lot each other yeah so when they exchange uh, information what did you do last summer well I worked for this tremendous company then all of a sudden you will uh, you will have great opportunities also in the future to uh, identify and hire mm-hmm. people that you would like thank you so much Eric thank you This podcast series is developed and produced by Stuns Life Science. Stuns is a foundation creating sustainable growth through private-public collaborations. Thank you for listening and for more information about this podcast and as well as about Stuns, please visit our website lifescience.stuns.se and follow us on LinkedIn where you will find us under our name.